Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. As the new county warden, Bob Crate is taking on the job in some pretty tough times. The pandemic is in the depth of a serious second wave. The promise of mass vaccinations sit on the horizon but there are no firm dates when inoculations will start locally. The county faced many challenges in 2020, yet it still managed to start several major projects, including the new Golden Plow Lodge and a major expansion of affordable housing in Coburg. It maintained services, yet scrambled to deal with the economic uncertainty caused by the pandemic during the early days and months of last spring. In my interview with the warden, we will talk about the successes and hurdles the county has faced, along with the new budget for 2021. I'm so pleased to have with me today on Consider This, Northumberland County Warden Bob Crate. Welcome. Good to be here. I'd like to start by asking you, how would you measure the impact of the pandemic on the county? Well, uh, Rob, I'll tell you, it's um, when we started 2020, uh, I don't think any of us could have could have seen what was coming. And uh, uh, I I think it's had a a big effect on the county in, in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, we had to act along with the uh, member municipalities. We had to act swiftly uh, in the early days. Um, and we were learning, uh, you know, we were learning about the virus. And, and, and I think, you know, we weren't, we weren't really um, up to speed in how, how bad it was going to be or, or how long it was going to be. And um, but we had to we had to be ready. We had to uh, be able to pr- provide the essential services to our to our residents, and, um, and while be, you know while protecting our staff. So um, uh, I think I think the county has done a, a good job throughout the pandemic. Um, we've we've delivered vital services to the community, um, and uh, we've made some progress in in uh, key projects. And uh, I, I think we've done a good job. Now, you issued a statement recently regarding the newest lockdown, and in it you said it will be personal action that will make the difference. How much of a difference do you think that made in the face of the rising and record numbers we face in the county since the second lockdown began? I, I think it, I think it had, had a great deal to do with it. I, I, I think we became somewhat complacent. Well, you know, we, we were fortunate uh, in, the, in the first round uh, of the virus that... Um, uh, you know, we, we have we have economies of scale in the sense of we have we have a lot of open space and, and we don't, you know, I, I've often said that, you know, in one city block in Toronto, uh, we could put the whole population of Northumberland County. Um, so we've had that space, which is which has been very good for us. And even now, I mean, if you look at the numbers, um, you know, we our total numbers from March until now are less than a single day in, in some of the bigger bigger cities. So um, we were lucky, but it, it's shown up that, that we became somewhat complacent 
and and that's why I said, you know, we have to we have to sort of redouble our efforts and and say that, um, you know, for the next the next month that we're going to obey the rules and and uh, and we're going to do our best to stay, just you know, to stay that two meters apart and and do the things that it takes to uh, to get us through this pandemic. But how effective do you think leaders and politicians in our community are at getting buy-in from the public now? Are are people still listening, or do you think I, they still care? Oh, I, I think they do, and and I think uh, I think our our uh, politicians and uh, I mean our our councilors at county council are, are a committed group, and I, I think they carry the message that that um, that it's important to stay the course and and um, get through this. Uh, you know, as I said before. You know, we've been, we've been fortunate as far as numbers go, but they've crept up and that's worrisome. And I think we have to redouble. And, and I think our, our people um, and, and the, I mean, my council in Trent Hills is very committed to this. So I, I think that carries on through the, uh, through the county. Have we reached a pandemic fatigue that no matter what anyone says, people are just going to go ahead and do what they want to do? Well, I, I think, I think in in some cases we have, and and that's those are the people that we have to reach. I mean, I I think if, if you can put something in front of people with some evidence of of what's happening, and 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 show them that that it does make a difference if we if we do uh, obey the the rules, then I I think that's what it takes. But I, I believe you're right that we have had some fatigue, and I and and I I understand it. I I I struggle to. I mean, I'm such a I'm an, I'm an outgoing person that that loves to be with people and and uh, and it's tough to sit home and um, you know I, I occasionally I mean I I got a granddaughter I haven't held in my arms in a year. Yeah, there are still many though who are deniers or protesters. I mean we still see it in in downtown Coburg on the weekends. What messages do you have for them as the county warden? Well, I, I think we should think of others. I mean. I mean, you don't you don't wear a mask for yourself. You, you wear a mask for the people that you're going to meet, and and I think that's what what we should be looking at, and we should be trying to impart on people that that you know we're, we're trying to look after each other. I mean, I can look after myself by by avoiding people, but if I'm going to be anywhere, and you know, and I'm you know I put a mask on, take a mask off, but but I'm really conscious of the fact that. I'm trying to protect my friends. I, I, I don't want to be the person that, that is, um, they said, well, you know, there's an outbreak and, and we know what caused it. Speaking of outbreaks, there's been two separate confirmed cases of COVID-19 at the Golden Plow over the past few weeks. Is the county doing enough to protect workers and residents? And can you explain what's being done? Well, I, I think, well, there is, a, there is a very strict protocol and, and people are being tested. Um, my understanding is that um, it came in from the outside, um, and and um, you know we we have been we've had protocols in place to uh, um, to do you know to to watch for that, but it does happen. Um, but as soon as as soon as we have found out about a case, we have been you know very rigid in looking after um, the residents of the plow and and making sure that staff is safe. And and that uh, you know the, we have a quarantine uh, system in place, and I think we have been very very diligent and and very lucky. Uh, I mean, it's uh, again. I think we have 
that economy of, uh, of distance here that, um, that helps us out. I know today uh, the Ontario government ha announced that uh, it has successfully vaccinated um, all long-term care residents in the uh, hotspots in places like Toronto, et cetera. How do you feel about the fact that we still don't have vaccinations for long-term care residents here in Northumberland, especially the Golden Plow Lodge? Well, I, I, I would I would love to, uh, to to have everyone vaccinated, and um, hopefully, um, you know, the, the latest uh, we've heard that, that all people in long-term care will be done by, uh, I think, the middle of February. Um, I understand why they've they've looked at the hotspots when. When you look at Toronto and, and, and you're getting 800 to 1,000 new cases a day, uh, and, and boy, they're, they're the most vulnerable. I mean, I, I, our people that are in their long-term care are the most vulnerable. And, and uh, you know, we have been um, very diligent and fortunate that we haven't had any serious long-term outbreaks here. I mean, in, with the Halliburton course of Pine Ridge, I mean, I, I um, I see that you know we've had one bad case in in, uh, in Bridge North, uh, and the rest have been small outbreaks. So, as much as I I I'd, I mean I'd I'd be first in line to get a shot. I, I'd love to get a shot. Um, I'm hoping that um, um, you know our our uh, long-term care people will will be done by the middle of February, and and. And I hope that, uh, you know, I'm not very far down the line. I, I, I'd love to uh, get, get the shot so that um, we could start, um, you know, coming out of this and feeling a little more secure. I'd like to move on now. One of the big moments in this past year was the groundbreaking for the new Golden Plow Lodge building. And for those who have not been following the progress of this project, can you tell us what happened and why this is so significant? Well, uh, the, the original, um, um, you know, the original Golden Plow was um, uh, built in, in the early 50s. And um, so it's been, uh, it's a building that has um, reached its, um, I guess, its, its age. Uh, <clears throat> so we, we've, um, you know, we've been looking at this for some time and, and the, um, uh, we've got, you know, we've got permission from the province to, to do this. Um, we're going to go from 151 to 180 beds. Uh, so we're going to have a state-of-the-art building along with the, um, uh, you know, the Northumberland Archives and Museum, which, which will be part of the building when, when, when it's done. Um, so uh, I think it, it's going to be a, a very, very nice place for um, our, our residents. And um, right now, I mean, we're trying to... Um, keep the building as, you know, as best we can. I mean, we've been doing some repairs that are absolutely necessary. Um, and others, um, you know, we've been been trying to uh, look at how long um, it's going to be. But now that we've, we, you know, now that we've got the funding, uh, we've had the ground turning, uh, I think, you know, looking forward, I think it's going to be a, a great building, which will uh, um, it, it, it again will be the uh, shining star in the county as far as uh, care goes. When do you hope to have it finished? Yeah, so far we haven't we haven't been affected by the uh, by the pandemic. Um, so we we are um, we are looking at the fall of 2022. Um, 
to uh, to have the facility opened. And um, you know the whole. I mean, the project is 100 and 116 million dollars. And um, I, I I hope now. I mean, I, I think with with the way things are going, we're not going to have any holdups, and that uh, we'll we'll be able to finish it on schedule. The local economy has been a huge concern for everyone and the work of the economic task force was critical in the early stages of the pandemic. Has the task force reconvened since it was it's made its final recommendations? And what can you tell us about where we are regarding the goals that it set out? Um, well, we, we, the, the original um, um, task force has not not met since we've uh, since the second second round has has been uh, on, um, you know, we have also, we've done things like um, um, the Economic Recovery Task Force um, um, identified six recommendations for helping businesses to rebuild. Um, we're now advancing several measures in response to these recommendations, including a, a digital uh, Northumberland initiative to support businesses. Uh, with the transition to online and broadband strategy. I mean, um, one of the big things that, that we need uh, in, uh, in Eastern Ontario is, is, a, is a better broadband strategy. And COVID-19 has really brought this to the forefront in the sense that um, uh, with so many more people working from home, um, online, online schooling, um, and actually, uh, you know, you and I just uh, saw it here a few minutes ago when, uh, my my internet said that I had a, a you know a, a, a poor connection. I mean, uh, we need we need um, a, a better um, uh, connectivity, and and that's one of the big things we're working um, working towards. Well, um, we've been talking a long time about the need for better broadband, and and when these economic uh, task force came out with the recommendations. I mean, everybody talks about it, but we're not we're not seeing any difference. I mean, there's still studies going on. There's still when when are we going to see it? When it, when are we going to see faster rates? When are we going to see everyone connected? Have you got a timeline on this? Um, I, I don't have a a, 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 a deadline. I, I I can tell you that um, at the county level, we're working very hard with uh, some new initiatives that that we hope will will help with. Uh, with connectivity, um, I had my my first meeting with the Eastern Ontario Wardens Caucus uh, last week, and and uh, uh, they are also uh, we're really really pushing uh, upper levels of government to get to get the funding we need. I mean, the problem we have is uh, th there's lots of uh, people that are willing to uh, put uh, you know connectivity and 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 uh, more bandwidth. Uh, say in, in Coburg and Port Hope, but when you get to the far reaches of the county, uh, in the country, you know, we have people that uh, uh, they can tell the time of day by by what the connectivity is they've got or the lack of connectivity. So, um, but but it, it is, um, and I, I understand people don't see it, but we, we are working very hard to, to, um, to get the Ontario and, and the federal government to um, realize what we need and 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 what is uh, you know sort of uh, instead of going for uh, you know a, a five fifty we're going for a gigabyte a, a gigabyte of, of, of uh, connectivity on on these things so that um, we're not going to get it done and then find out 
two years later that we we should have uh, gone for a, a, a you know more more width on the on the broadband so that uh, people aren't uh, it doesn't come redundant just as soon as you get it built. We're we're looking to you know to be 25 or 30 years down the road. Uh, with with this one we're finished so we are working hard at it it's just uh and and you don't uh, that's part of the problem with uh, uh you know with government working together and stuff where you know we're it just takes time and and um, um and you don't see anything until there's an announcement there's a lot of work uh, uh going on behind the scenes and and uh and hopefully uh we will see some um, uh, fruition of that this year now the task force also said that we needed to enhance our uh, the supply of personal protective equipment in Northumberland. How have you advanced that? Well, uh, and we we have we have been okay in in the sense of um, the PPE as far as the county goes and as far as our paramedics go. Uh, and I know um, that we haven't. I mean, we we haven't had a problem in Trent Hills um, in getting the material. It's it's it takes some work, and and uh, uh, you know, there's somebody um, sourcing this stuff all the time to make sure that 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 we can get it. But but um, we haven't had a, a problem, and uh, um, you know, our paramedics have, have done a great job as far as um, uh, sourcing and and um, and making sure that we have the material we need for for our for our staff. Now, I also know that they recommended that there was a targeted economic recovery uh, plan to put in place that they wanted to aim at women and youth and older workers. How is the county advancing that aspect of their recommendations? Um, well, we, we uh, you know, as far as, as uh, the seniors go, we've been um, um, really looking to, to basically to protect them right I, um and 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 as far as um the um other you know other residents i mean we've uh we're coordinating a local uh, child care um for eligible uh, you know essential care workers um emergency uh, care services for school-aged children um so we are doing those things and, and most of that's um, all that material actually is available at uh, northumberland.ca backslash emergency childcare. Um, so, you know, we are looking at trying to make sure, I mean, we are, we are a, a county that is, um, um, you know, a, a lot of seniors and, and uh, we are, we are trying to look out for them. Um, we are, uh, you know, we, we did it in the original stage um, do a, um, a thing with bag tags for for uh, waste where we we um, let people um, put it out for free um, and that's an expensive it's an expensive endeavor um, doing that for two months last year costs uh, a half a million dollars um, of, of income which which had been you know basically part of the budget for our for transportation waste so we had to find ways to make that up and I I know uh, you know, we, we have put bag tags up this year uh, and, and that's a, a bit of a contentious point, but, you know, we looked at it and with with the new streaming, uh, you know, we have the blue and the gray box and we have the, the uh, green bin for, for food waste. Um, 
we're finding, and I, uh, this is, you know, a personal observation of mine that, um, you know, we're putting out probably half uh, of what we used to put out in a garbage bag. So, um, you know, in, in a sense, we, we've cut the cost by having the rest of these services available to people. And, and um, you, know, you know, we continue to look at areas where we, we can help out. But, um, you know, we also have to be conscious that there's only one taxpayer and, and, and we have to um, sort of look at the whole spectrum of things in the county as far as um, costs go. Well, let's talk about the budget then, because uh, the county just passed a $188 million budget for 2021. Now, the county portion of the taxes will increase by 1.58%. And just so that people are clear, that breaks down to approximately 1% for the county operations and about just over a half a percent for infrastructure like roads and things like that. So for the average homeowner in the county, it's going to be what, an extra $18 to their tax bill? Now, is this a reasonable increase well, I think I think it's reasonable. I, I we know we looked at originally um, when the budget was first brought forward, um, we looked at about a 2.9 percent increase, and and we looked at areas to save. But you also have to. We also have um, uh, some costs that we, we don't don't really have a, a lot of say in, and some are brought forward from um, you know previous years. So we looked at everything that we could do to um, uh, to save money as far as the, the levy goes. And I, I think that this is a very responsible budget. I, I believe that we work very hard with all the departments uh, in, in the uh, in the county to uh, to bring in a, a budget that and, and I, I have a, a pet thing with this $18. I um, that's on a a house that cost two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So, uh, you know, you have to sort of extrapolate that out and say, um, if, if my house is valued at five hundred thousand dollars with impact, then that means my taxes are going up thirty six dollars. So, uh, it 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 um, uh, to me, we were very responsible, and I think it was a, a budget that we worked hard on to bring in and and be reasonable for the for the taxpayers in Northumberland. But is it too little? I, I mean, you know, the county's facing so many issues. There's this thing where governments keep kicking things down the road. I mean, look at Coburg, for example. I mean, that harbor, they're going to have to spend $12 million to repair it. And this has been a problem for over decades. And they kept kicking it down the road, kicking it down. The road. Now they're all upset. They're going to have to spend $12 million on it. And I just wonder, you know, we're facing so many issues in our community. The Campbellford Bridge, the new Golden Powell for years went without, you know, you said it was built in the 50s. There's been decades people have been calling for a new building, and we're only getting it done now. Are we not just continuously kicking down the road these problems and not addressing the, the real issues and, and grappling with things like affordable housing and where you got to wait 10 years to get get a place and and the social services and homelessness and it's you know good roads and etc 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 you you know my point but rob i mean i i and i and i agree that that uh, all all those things you said are, are true but we also go back to the point that there's only one taxpayer and 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 i my concern is do we do we want to put our residents in a position where they can't afford to stay 
where they live. Uh, I mean, when you, when you look at the whole situation, it, 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 we have to make it reasonable to live here. I mean, I, I'm astounded by, I mean, I get phone calls from people saying my taxes are too high. And, and, and they say, I just moved out of Toronto where I, I paid, uh, you know, $3,000 on my half a million dollar house or whatever it was. And, and I moved out here and I've got a property that's valued at, you know, $300,000 and, and I'm, I'm paying $5,000 in taxes or whatever, whatever it is. But, but I, I, I'm amazed that, that um, well, part of the problem in Toronto is, uh, you know, the, the Mel Lassman uh, legacy of uh, I'm so proud that I didn't raise taxes for 10 years. Uh, and, and we're all paying for that now. But we have to, to try to balance it out that, that um, um, you know, we, we look at, at things like the Calumford Bridge and, um, and it's a necessity. Uh, and, and we will have to get funding um, from the province and the, and the federal government be, before we can, can do that. But, but, you know, we have to have a, a, a plan and we, we have to have a, um, uh, you know, a, a good reason to get them to, to, to back us up. But, you know, we have to look at both ends, you know, I mean, when, when, people, when people live here and they say, I'm going to have to sell my house because I, I can't afford the taxes, uh, I, I get worried. And, and uh, uh, I mean, it's all economies of scale. You know, we talked about the 75,000 people in Toronto that fill a block, and it's the 75,000 people that are in Northumberland County. But, you know, we need agriculture. The province doesn't just need a big city. They need agriculture. So we need support to, to enable us to stay in that, in that area where we do have, um, you know, agriculture. And, and, you know, we do have the places where people can go for recreation. I mean, we saw it last summer in the pandemic when, when people were cooped up in Toronto, where did they go? I mean, they came out here in droves and it caused, it caused us a lot of problems. Um, but, but we have to look at the point of, of saying we can't be, make ourselves unaffordable. So it, it comes down to, to us looking uh, when these things come up is, is, is going and finding the money it takes to, to do these things so that, that we can have, I mean, Homelessness and, and affordable housing are, are two big items for me, and 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 I keep looking at areas. Um, you know, we are on the go all the time, uh, looking for. I mean, you look at the Elgin Park where we're going to take that from, uh, um, you know, 20 units to 50 units. I mean, that, the numbers aren't exactly right, but but we're going to more than double the people that that will have a, a place to live by, by um, redoing Elgin Park. You know, we, we're working on a, a, a one, a, an Aboriginal uh, situation on Ontario Street where we're gonna have uh, some affordable housing there. So, and, and in other parts of the county, you know, it, we're looking at situations all the time where, where we can um, upgrade and uh, where we can add more. So um, th those are, um, big topics that take and consume a lot of our, our time trying to do the best we can. And, and it's tough. I mean, I, you know, I'm reading where you're right. Uh, you know, people that are on a, a waiting list could wait 10 years to get in and, and that's, and that's tough, but you also have, have to balance that with the fact that, 
um, we have to be able to afford to live where we are. I'd like to just talk a little bit more about affordable housing because um, I know the Elgin Park, it was a huge announcement for you guys in this past year. What was it? 5.7 million uh, to build 28 new community housing units. Will Elgin Park be able to go forward on schedule in the upcoming year in the face of the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I, we're, we're lucky in, in the sense that, that those, you know, those kinds of, of um, uh, operations um, meet the criteria to keep going. We don't have to shut them down um, because of, of, of what they are. So uh, yeah, we should be able to stay on track with um, um, what's, what's going on. Some local municipalities like Coburg are launching their own affordable housing initiatives. Now for some taxpayers, they look at these municipalities and say, look, this is a county responsibility. Should there be only one level of local government addressing affordable housing in your mind? And then should that be the county? Or should we be having municipalities and the county both addressing this issue? Well, I, I, I think we should we should be working on it together. I mean, I I, um, I, I welcome the uh, all the help we get from the county on these initiatives. Uh, uh, but I, I think all, all of us have to be looking and whether or not it's a collaboration. I mean, um, you know, if we if we look at, um, uh, you know, I'll take Trent Hills, uh, if we have a place that would would make a good spot for affordable housing, um, then we should be working with the county um, and, and doing, you know, what we can do. I mean, we can all chip in in the sense of, you know, we can um, help out with permitting and we can do different things. So um, I, I think it's something that we work at together and, and, uh, and it's going to uh, um, be, um, it, it'll be much better. And I, and I, and, and you know, our CAOs um, meet regularly um, from all the member municipalities. And, uh, and that goes the same for economic development and tourism. So, you know, we, we are looking constantly at economies of scale that that would give us uh, more leverage. Um, you know, we we just um, um, put some extra money into tourism because you know we we need to have a county to me a county led tourism strategy that that uh, that uh, you know brings people to to all of the member municipalities, but but uh, does it in a way that uh, is more affordable and and uh, um, and more successful. Staying on this theme, though, when we look at homelessness, for example, you see a lot of work being done by groups like the Greenwood Coalition to address this issue in our community. And they're opening warming centers and working on the ground to address issues like the opioid crisis. And, and again, some would argue this is a county issue. Where is the county on addressing the needs of the homeless other than transferring provincial dollars to Transition House? Well, I mean, we... we we do a lot with it and and um, part of part of uh, I guess what we see uh, is where homelessness is I mean we don't see homelessness uh, to the same degree in in uh, other parts of the uh, county as we do along the lakeshore and that's because that's that's where the people the main the main people are so you you know Coburg has, uh, a bigger um, 
homelessness problem. And for instance, Trent Hills does. Um, so, but the county does, you know, we have people working on this, looking for ways to, to help people and to, and, and we're, I mean, we're now just in the midst of, um, you know, we have a pilot program going on uh, that will transition people from homelessness to, to having um, a place of their own. So we, we are working all the time on, on these things, um, but it, it, it just, it, it's, it, it grows. And this opioid crisis, um, it, it, I, I, it, it's just bewildering sometimes how, how bad it is. I mean, and, and it affects, boy, it, it affects every, every part of the community. I mean, I, I've seen it in, in my own community and, and, uh, um, uh, you know, I, I, I realize that, you know, it is, it is more prevalent in, in, in the cities, but, but, um, boy, it, it, it is, uh, it is a sad, sad situation and, and whatever we can do to help that out is, is, is something we have to do. One of the big projects coming up for the new year is the Prince Edward Street rail crossing. Um, can you just explain to the listeners why this is a big project and its significance? Well, it's again, it's something that's been going on um, for years uh, in, in, in Brighton. Um, the, um, the rail crossing is, is um, I, I guess for, for another word is it, it hasn't been as safe as it should be for, um, for people and, and pedestrians. And so I, it, it's a project that, that we've, we've looked at and we've been pushing hard to get fixed up. And finally, um, through the, um, the, the, uh, the railway and ourselves, we, you know, we have come to an, to an agreement to, to fix it. So it will be a, a, much, a much safer and a, a better spot for people to travel through. I know for many people, they often wonder why we have uh, two tier governance at the municipal level. And there's been talks back and forth many, many times about, you know, should we just collapse everything and have one larger regional government? I know that when this current government came into power, they were talking about looking at regions and, and restructuring and efficiencies and all those good things. Is there any chance of seeing discussions at the county level uh, about efficiencies and maybe even looking at collapsing some of the, the two-tier system? Um, we, you know, we, we, we look constantly at, at um, um, ways that we can be more efficient. We're, we're doing it amongst ourselves now. You know, um, we, we have, um, we, with our IT department, uh, with our uh, human resources department, uh, we are we are reaching out and doing um, uh, doing work with some of the member municipalities, and therefore um, saving um, saving money for them. So I, I believe that um, you know when you look at it, I, I I don't know what you would do. I mean, it when you look at it, I mean, people want to have representation, and and I uh, I, I think it it can become when you go to a um, the regional government, I, I, I just think that sometimes you lose, uh, people lose um, that, you know, a small town or what, whatever the feeling is, 
that, that we have representation. And I, I, I think that, you know, for the, the money we spend uh, as far as uh, the seven member municipalities in the county, I, I think we get good government. And, and, and we are, um, uh, as I said earlier, um, we are always looking for ways to um, work together. I mean, right now, uh, the county does uh, a, a lot of the road surfacing that uh, um, the other member municipalities do. And, and, and that, um, that, that saves the member municipalities money. And it also, you know, allows the county to have that, that department, you know, so they can have that department and equipment to do their own stuff. But by working with, uh, with the member municipalities, um, you know, they, they can uh, keep their costs down and also keep the cost down for the member municipalities. What are your goals or the goals of County Council more clearly for this upcoming year? Well, I, I think, um, you know, we, we have a number in, in that uh, for the county and that's, um, you know, Golden Plow Lodge, um, the continuation of the, um, uh, you know, work on the Camelford Bridge, which uh, um, hopefully will also, you know, come to fruition in the next couple of years. Um, uh, you know, we've just instituted the new um, uh, the recycling part, and that that seems to be going pretty well. Um, I, I think we, you know one of the things that I, I'm I'm really uh, excited about is this uh, um, the tourism development strategy, where we're uh, we're looking at at ways to um, you know bring people to the county and um, to to uh, enhance um, you know. I guess the the enjoyment of people that come here, but as far as uh, you know, our local stuff. You know, we've discussed uh, GPL and uh, NCAM, um, Elgin Park, Ontario Street. All those things are important, and uh, I think they're priorities for this year. Bob Crate, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, Rob, I appreciate it, and I, um, uh, you know, I, I. We live in the best part of Ontario. Uh, I've always said that. I mean, I uh, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Hastings. Uh, my parents came from Port Hope and Coburg originally, and uh, so I, I love the county. And and uh, uh, I think uh, you know we work hard to make it as 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 beautiful as it is. And I I appreciate the chance to uh, to uh, get on and uh, uh, you know blow our horn, I guess. And thanks to you, I can do that. So cheers. That was my interview with Northumberland County Warden Bob Crate. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.